0: Welcome to Bank Talk with the Institute of International Bankers, where we talk with and about the foreign banking community in the United States. Thank you so much for joining us, and please be sure to subscribe so you never miss a beat with the IIB. So today we're joined by John Jeremiah, and I'll let you introduce yourself in a bit. but before we really get into a more in-depth discussion today of, uh, you know, all things foreign direct investment and, and trade and sustainable finance, why don't you just give us a, an overview of, um, you know, the work that the foreign banks, um, commerce specifically and, and, and foreign bank community more generally, what, what they're doing in the U.S.
1: Yeah, so let me first introduce myself. So my name is John Jeremiah. I'm the regional board member and CEO of Commerce Banks Business here in the Americas. Uh, and Commerce Bank has been in the U.S. for more than 50 years. And I think that's, that's the first thing that should be clear to, to, uh, to, to folks, is that many foreign banks have been doing business in the U.S. for decades now. So we're part and parcel to the banking sector, uh, have been for, as I say, many decades, and we're a core essential part of the lending group. And if you think about U.S. multinationals, and we'll start there first. Um, some of these market, uh, multinationals have market caps of upwards or, or above a trillion. For example, take a look at Microsoft, at Amazon, Google's approaching that and many multinationals are at four or five hundred billion. By definition, U.S. banks are not large enough to satisfy their banking needs. So they need to be broader, they need to be deeper, they need more capacity. And that's where the foreign banks are very helpful. I think the second thing is multinationals, by definition, grow not just in the U.S. but overseas. So in my case, I work for a German bank. And running the the, the uh, German the U.S. business uh, for Commerce Bank, um, we service a lot of multinationals for some of their growth in Germany, in particular, other European countries and Asia and the U.K. But mostly in Germany, and why? Because we have a core expertise in Germany, and by definition, Commerce Bank and just a few other German banks can have that. Right. U.S. banks can't have that; they haven't, uh, they don't have the scope and, and, and the breadth that we do in Germany. So. By definition uh, you know the the large multinationals would look to a commerce bank and so we really do business in both an inbound and outbound model so in any large multinational we can be just as active in germany as we are in the u.s now what 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 do they do in germany they may manufacture in germany or they may just sell in germany Um, and either way we're there for them uh, as a core bank and we have, and then the inbound model, think of the large German multinationals. And, and I'm, I'm not going to use names specifically, but Germany is known for, uh, for automotive and industrial, right, manufacturing expertise. They not only sell in the U.S., but they also manufacture here. So they're going to grow in the U.S. So for us, it's an inbound-outbound model. Uh, we can service multinationals on both sides. And because the, the multinationals have gotten so large over the decades... It's just not possible for U.S. banks to, to satisfy all their needs.
0: So it's clear that the foreign banks are a vital part of the U.S. economy on the whole uh, in, in filling those gaps that the domestic banks and institutions have been unable to fill. But I'm curious, John, if there are specific sectors of the economy uh, or specific industries or even certain geographic areas where the foreign banks are more active Uh, You know either by choice or either kind of by uh, The default as as those areas are the ones that that tend to be more more left behind by the domestic banks
1: Well, I mean like let's go back to manufacturing for example And and you know you talk about trade tariffs and what's going on with global trade trade supply lines are global So so a German auto manufacturer may be uh, the capital may come from Germany They may produce in the US and they may sell in Mexico or in Asia Uh, so if you think about just how global they are Germany is an exporting powerhouse. Commerce Bank tends to finance about 30% of German exports. But uh, Asia is also an exporting powerhouse. And even uh, Chinese banks, for example, in the U.S., financing Chinese firms. So people, you know, we, we, we don't realize that, that China is also a massive exporter. Uh, Japanese banks, the Japanese megabanks have been very large Uh, And because they have solid capital bases and lots of liquidity, they've been able to fund Japanese exporters here in the U.S. So it works very well in manufacturing. It works very well in energy. Uh, Obviously energy is a global business, both hydrocarbons and renewables. Mm -hmm. Commerce Bank in particular has a large renewable business. It was founded in Hamburg many decades ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, We invest in the U.S. in wind and solar and renewables probably our largest growing portfolio on a percentage basis. Many European banks. This is a core expertise for them: project finance and and long-dated renewable uh, lending. Um, So we're on both sides of the ledger, both traditional hydrocarbons and the renewables. But uh, that's one of our growing businesses. And if you look, and we're probably Commerce Bank active in about 20 U.S. states in the renewable sector. And we're probably a smaller player vis-à-vis some of the other big players who I've seen foreign banks active in essentially almost all 50 states. Wow, that's incredible. This is a core niche. The U.S. banks have have gotten on board, but to be honest, the European lenders were probably there 10 years before.
0: And do you think any of that is due, at least in part, to the difference in, let's say, public perception in in the jurisdictions? For you, for example, in in Europe and, and here in the U.S., and just... The kind of the push for more sustainable finance and, and more uh, accountability for climate-based risk, or is that just kind of an organic development uh, within the portfolios of, of the two groups of banks, both abroad and tier with banks in the States? That's the political argument.
1: I think the more practical argument is, is German banks and other European banks have just been doing it for so much longer. We're sort of good at this. We know this. Yeah. And uh, and so I think it's just sort of first mover advantage, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And I want to circle back. You mentioned um, trade and then the supply chains and kind of to flip the script on, on conversation. How are you all dealing with the trade uncertainty right now and, and tariffs and just the whole, I think, trade concerns from all sectors of the globe? It's not just. Transatlantic, but as you mentioned Asia as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true It's been a challenge and I think a lot of foreign multinationals have hesitated here during this sort of one year And this is about a year old now because we we first started hearing about this Trade conflict with China I guess in Q4 of last year when the equity markets took a a nosedive in Q4 And it's really been out there for the better part of a year. I think um, I think it's been a negotiating ploy uh, to a degree and uh, but what it has done is lots of companies and we've heard this from not just US companies but uh, many European companies and and even in Mexico and Brazil who are active in Brazil also Commerce respect they've uh, they've just had that that hesitation that slight hesitation and before they commit tens of millions of dollars of new capex to build a factory um, they're really gonna you know, do their homework and check everything and check their work twice and my sense is until this is settled one way or the other and I think at the end of the day it probably eventually needs to be settled but until such a time they'll be cautioned and I think you're seeing that in the global manufacturing numbers so the the European manufacturing numbers particularly Germany they've been uh, they've been less than to be you know than, than desired over the last I guess 18 months particularly the last six months. China has slowed down from a production point of view, exports, we just saw that in the numbers the other day. In the U.S., the manufacturing numbers have been rather subdued. Services and and payrolls are good, but in general, manufacturing globally has been very subdued, so I think that's that hesitation I'm talking about.
0: Right, and so circling back also to back to the renewables, talk a little bit more about your work there. I think that y'all are unique, at least among some of the other foreign banks within the U.S., and, and your focus on renewable energy. Um, can you talk a little bit just about which states you're in, how you kind of picked where and, and what? And yeah, in,
1: in the states, it's, it's, it's actually, if you look at the map, it's actually sort of intuitive. It's where there's wind and a lot of sun. <laughs> so there's sense. the Sun Belt in the west, there's Texas, there's Florida. We tend to follow a lot of large utility companies that are building that, uh, some power projects. So we not only direct finance projects, but we finance utilities that build renewable energy facilities. There's some stuff going on up on the east coast um so we tend to look at wherever there's a viable project and like i said so far it's been wind and solar i think batteries are the next sort of frontier Mm -hmm. and battery storage um but uh, like i said we've been active in 20 states my guess is we're we're trying to grow let's say over the next three years we're trying to double our portfolio um the for many years i think these were uh subsidized these projects they now stand on their own Mm -hmm. They're a growing share of the u.s energy base coal has been the minimus or and, and uh, decreasing every year i think the, the renewable energy is probably solar and wind are the, the two fastest growing natural is then then right after that and then oil has stayed rather steady but we'll have a, a declining share over time and then coal is really the big loser right so as long as renewables continue to expand and we think they will we think there's it, it's And before it was done for probably political reasons, green reasons, now it just makes good economic sense. It actually does make sense now. Um, So as long as that trend continues, we'll grow the portfolio commensurate. The bank globally, Commerce Bank is not just active in the US, we look everywhere, but we see the greatest growth potential uh, in the US because let's be honest, the US was so sort of underdeveloped in natural, in uh, renewable energy for, for the last 30 years. And I think with the shale revolution, probably delayed renewables by five years, just because shale became abundant and cheap and sort of we became a natural export in the U.S. Of, of oil, that it maybe held back that development. But now as natural gas and renewables compete with oil, um, you'll see uh, you'll see that sector continue to grow.
0: And do you think that growth is doing anything to change the conversation around climate-based risk and sustainable finance right now?
1: yeah i mean the climate change bill gates i think said it best on climate change you know people who deny climate change are doing it you know uh disingenuous they're disingenuous and they're doing it for for really business reasons they pretend that they're naive to it but the real answer is they have a vested interest and then people who think climate change can be solved overnight that's also sort of naive so it's probably really this multi-decade approach where business has to come together with government and partner um we look at it really from I think a pure economic uh, opportunity, and we know it's good for the environment. So we know because it's good for the environment by definition, it's a good economic investment for us. So we're, we're not conflicted in that regard. We know that one is it, it coexists with the other. Uh, I think hydrocarbons, and, you know, and peak oil probably it's it's decades away, and 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 the renewable energy I think shift will be incremental, but it seems to be permanent, in my view. Yeah.
0: So coming from a German bank in a, in a country that at least I think really um, kind of leads the way on on climate change and on sustainable initiatives, uh, but you running the, the U.S. operations of that German bank, do you ever feel a tension um, between initiatives that may come down from your home office jurisdiction versus what may be, uh, let's say, a different set of standards here in the U.S.? Well,
1: I think well, it's interesting because in the U.S. it's just so political. People either believe in climate change or they don't. In Europe, people tend to accept it, and they're trying to figure out just how to deal with it. And Germany, look, Germany's a large exporting economy, right? So it's a smokestack economy. So for them, green energy and renewables, in theory, and climate change impacts them more than most, right? right? M- more than most countries. Uh, so they've had uh, they've had to bat- find a way to balance it. I think when the political environment is less polarizing in the U.S., they'll come to some business and government will come to some agreement on how to deal with this. Uh, but I think it's inevitable. It's just it's it's a one-way train, so to speak. Our expertise is really, as I said, because we've been doing this out of Hamburg for 25 years now. The Dutch are very good at this french involve uh, invest in uh, in renewables and long-dated project finance. We see Japanese banks because they think it's uh, these are wise investments. I think most banks now, foreign banks and u s banks realize that it's not just good for the economy and it's good economically, but it's good for the environment and those are the things when you have those three things come together, then it tends to attract investment, yeah,
0: yeah, makes sense. so as we're starting a new year and a new decade. What are you thinking about from 2019 and from the past 10 years? And then what are you thinking about uh, in terms of, of strategy going into 2020 and into the next 10 years? You know, that, that can be everything from, from what we've talked about today, all things FBOs in the U.S. Yeah,
1: so I think FBOs have a, a good footprint and growing. I think, um, as I said, as, as the U.S. continues to do pretty well and, and U.S. multinationals, Realize that they have to grow overseas and they've known us for many decades now. Uh, once again, foreign banks will always take a, a larger share of the wallet. And I think over the last 10 years since the crisis, there's fewer mega American banks. So there's probably four or five mega banks in the US. But by definition, multinationals know they need a larger banker group than that. So, so we fit in very well. Um, also, multinationals are very strategic when they pick a bank group. They know based on you know where they're located, the type of businesses they're in, where they want to export to, where they want to sell. They're very strategic in what banks they pick. So quite often they'll come to a commerce bank or another foreign bank in another jurisdiction and select us because they're trying to be strategic and they have a greater aim as, as opposed to just giving all their business to one big bank because maybe they, they can offer the best rate or they can one size fits all and, and provide all services. So bank groups tend to be, and they're very durable and elastic. As I mentioned, we've been in the US for now 50 plus years. We've been banking some US multinationals for that whole 50 year period. Wow. And maybe their names Which have Which multinationals?
0: Or what, what industries I guess? All, all industries, very very broad, very
1: diverse. Uh, aerospace companies, defense companies, and their names may have changed through the decades. Right. It's still the same. But at the end of the day, the core company's gotten a lot bigger, but it's still the same business in Commerce Bank. And and many foreign banks who have been in the U.S. have had these multi-decade relationships.
0: Yeah. That's great. And speaking of commerce specifically, not just FBO and, and the U.S., what are you excited about for the next 10 years? As commerce evolves, as it changes, as it stays the same, what is your... Yeah, I think Commerce Your Bank base. is very
1: excited in in Frankfurt on board, They're very excited about the U.S. because they realize that it's a large banking market. Uh, they realize that margins are healthy. I mean, we do have a, a benefit over uh, over Europe right now. A couple of benefits. That number one is that we don't have negative rates. Right. So so the Fed has kept rates positive, which I think is a healthy thing. The economy is still healthy. Growth is around two percent. Inflation is low. Um, and as long as um, as long as we continue to grow and we stay out of recession, then I think the U.S. provides good diversification for a European bank.
0: Right. Great. Well, I think on that, well, uh, in the podcast, anything else you want to add? Any closing remarks?
1: No, I would just like to say that uh, as being a board member of the IIB, I'm very appreciative of everything the IIB stands for and how, uh, and how they've lobbied, not really just on behalf of foreign banks, but really told the story of foreign banks, both with 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 politicians on Capitol Hill and with regulators. We have particular credibility with regulators that they understand that we're honest brokers and that we do have a voice and it's much appreciated because we've been around for, as I said, many decades. So uh, we're important. I think they now know that and they respect us and that's appreciated.
0: Great, we're very happy to have you. Thanks again, John. Thank you again for joining us for Bank Talk with the Institute of International Bankers. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope to see you again soon for the next episode.